bile tea. Book of Jasher, chapter 7, verse 1. And these are the names of the sons of Noah, Japheth, Ham, and Shem. And children were born to them after the flood, for they had taken wives before the flood. These are the sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Haran, Duval, Meshech, and Tiras, seven sons. And the sons of Gomer were Askinas, Rephath, and Tegarma, and the sons of Magai were Elikanaf and Lubal, and the children of Madai were Akon, Zilo, Chasoni, and Lot. And the sons of Havan were Elisha, Tarshish, Chittim, and Duronim, and the sons of Tubal were Arifi, Kesed, and Tari. And the sons of Meshech were Dedon, Zaron, and Shebashni. And the sons of Tiraz were Beneb, Hera, Lupirion, and Gilak. These are the sons of Japheth, according to their families. And their numbers in those days were about 460 men. And these are the sons of Ham, Cush, Mizraim, Phut. And Canaan, four sons, and the sons of Cush were Seba, Habila, Sapta, Rama, and Sateka. And the sons of Rama were Sheba and Dedan. Sateka might also be Satisha, Satesha. Verse 11 And the sons of Mitzrayim were Lud, Anom, and Pathros, Chaslos, and Shefter. And the sons of Canaan were Zidon, Heth, Amori, Gergashi, Hebe, Arki, Seni, Arodi, Zimodi, and Chamathi. These are the sons of Ham. According to their families and their numbers in those days were about 730 men. And these are the sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arpatsha, Lud, and Aram. Five sons. And the sons of Elam were Shushan. Makul and Harman, and the sons of Ashar were Myras and Mokil, and the sons of Arpachshad were Shelak and Anar and Ashkol, and the sons of Lud were Pether and Bezion, and the sons of Aram were Uz, Chul, Gather, and Mash. These are the sons of Shem, according to the families, and their numbers in those days were about 300 men. These are the generations of Shem. Shem begat Arpashad, and Arpashad begat Shalak, and Shalak begat Ever, and Ever, or Ever, were born two children. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days the sons of men were divided, and in latter days the earth was divided. And the name of the second was Yaktan, meaning that in his day the lives of the sons of men were diminished and lessened. These are the sons of Yoktan. Almodad, Shelaf, Chazar, Moveth, Yerak, Hadurom, Ozel, Dikla, Oval, Abimael, Sheba, Ofer, Havila, and Hobab. All these are the sons of Yoktan. And Peleg, his brother, begat Yen, and Yen begat Serug, and Serug begat Nahor, and Nahor begat Terah, and Terah was 38 years old, and he begat 
Haran, and Nahor. And Cush, the son of Ham, the son of Noah, took a wife in those days in his old age, and she bare a son, and they called his name Nimrod, saying, At that time the sons of men again began to rebel and transgress against God. And the child grew up, and his father loved him exceedingly, for he was the son of his old age. And the garments of the skin which God made for Adam and his wife when they went out of the garden were given to Cush. For after the death of Adam and his wife, the garments were given to Enoch, the son of Jared. And when Enoch was taken up to God, he gave them to Methuselah, his son. And at the death of Methuselah, Noah took them and brought them to the ark. And they were with him until he went out of the ark. And in their going out, Ham stole these garments from Noah, his father, and he took them and he hid them from his brothers. And when Ham begat his firstborn, Cush, he gave him the garments in secret that they were with Cush many days. And Cush also concealed him from his sons and brothers. And when Cush had begotten Nimrod, he gave, them, he gave him those garments through his love for him. And Nimrod grew up, and when he was 20 years old, he put on those garments. And Nimrod became strong when he put on the garments. And God gave him might and strength, and he was a mighty hunter in the earth. Yeah, he was a mighty hunter in the field, and he hunted the animals, and he built altars, and he offered upon them the animals before the Lord. And Nimrod strengthened himself, and he rose up from against his brethren, and he fought the battles of his brethren against all their enemies round about. And the Lord delivered all the enemies of his brethren, in his hands, and God prospered him from time to time in his battles, and he reigned upon earth. Therefore it became current in those days when a man ushered forth those that he had trained up for battle, he would say to them, like God did to Nimrod, who was a mighty hunter in the earth, and who succeeded in the battles that prevailed against his brethren, that he delivered them from the hands of the enemies, so may God strengthen us and deliver us this day. And when Nimrod was 40 years old, at that time there was a war between his brethren and the children of Japheth, so that they were in the power of their enemies. And Nimrod went forth at that time, and he assembled all the sons of Cush and their families, about 460 men. And he hired also from some of his friends and acquaintances about 80 men. And he and B gave them their hire, and he went with them to battle. And when he was... On the road, Nimrod strengthened the hearts of the people that went with him. And he said to them, Do not fear, neither be alarmed, for all our enemies will be delivered into our hands, and you may do with them as you please. And all the men that went were about 500, and they fought against their enemies, and they destroyed them and subdued them. And Nimrod placed standing officers over them in their respective places. And he took some of their children as security, and they were all servants to Nimrod and to his brethren. And Nimrod and all the people that were with him turned homeward. And when Nimrod had joyfully returned from battle, after having conquered his enemies, all his brethren, together with those who knew him before, assembled to make him king over them. And they placed the regal crown upon his head. And he set over his subjects and people, princesses, judges, and rulers, as is the custom amongst kings. And he placed Terah, the son of Naor, the prince of his host. And he dignified him and elevated him above all his princes. And whilst he was reigning according to his heart's desire, after having conquered all his enemies around, 
he advised his counselors to build the city for his palace, and they did so. And they found a large valley opposite to the east, and they built him a large and extensive city. And Nimrod called the name of the city that he built Shinar, for the Lord had vehemently shaken his enemies and destroyed them. And Nimrod dwelt in Shinar, and he reigned securely, and he fought with his enemies, and he subdued them, and he prospered in all his battles, and his kingdom became very great. And all nations and tongues heard of his fame, and they gathered themselves to him, and they bowed down to the earth, and they brought him offerings, and he became their lord and king, and they all dwelt with him in the city of Shinar. And Nimrod reigned in the earth over all the sons of Noah, and they were all under his power and counsel. And all the earth was of one tongue and words of union, but Nimrod did not go in the ways of the Lord, and he was more wicked than all the men that were before him from the days of the flood until those days. And he made gods of wood and stone, and he bowed down to them, and he rebelled against the Lord, and taught all his subjects and the people of the earth his wicked ways. And Martin, his son, was more wicked than his father. And everyone that had heard the acts of Martin, the son of Nimrod, would say concerning him, From the wicked goeth forth wickedness. Therefore it became a proverb in the whole earth, saying, From the wicked goeth forth wickedness. And it was current in the words of men from that time to this. And Terah, the son of Nahor, prince of Nimrod's host, was in those days very great in the sight of the king and his subjects. And the king and princes loved him, and they elevated him very high. And Terah took a wife, and her name was Amthelo, and the daughter of Cornebo, and the wife of Terah conceived and bare him a son in those days. Terah was seventy years old when he begat him, and Terah called him and Terah called the name of his son that was born to him Abram, because the king had raised him in those days, and dignified him above all his princes that were with him. End of chapter 7. Well, well, that one kind of started off a little boring with the naming of the people and 700 here, 400 there, 300 there. Practically each family was an entire small town. Seems like what he was doing was recapping what seems like the new beginning and everyone was Noah's son. So he was following the tree line down to Nimrod. That's that's a, what it seems like he was doing. Trailing off and saying, yeah. here's one family and then here's another family and here's another family and then here's the other family. This is where Nimrod came. So yeah, it looks like just branches. Yeah, just the, the, the family tree, but that, those are huge families, and it's a it's a lot of people. And they, they only named the men because back then that was what was important. That was a yes. That's for the yes. That's why I guess they only named the men. Yeah. Well, you got to think about this. In those times, they were closer. To what they knew as a creation and to them man was created and the woman came from the man so it might yeah. be different well also uh, the other thing that I find interesting is that you have somebody in, in Noah's Ark that stole or that from that family stole something without people knowing about it and kept it from everyone and then when this 
person, this son, wore the clothing of his ancestor, Adam and Eve, they got a strength. They had a power. Almost like a, a superhero, you would say, uh, uh, of uh, modern day comic books. You know, they, they put on an outfit and they're, now they're a superhero. Yeah. You have a uh, Iron Man. He, he he's a uh, he's not a real superhero until he puts on a a, a suit, a, you know, um, body armor of some kind, and then that's an interesting take on that. Yeah, let me throw a theory in here. Ham is the one that stole it from Noah, his dad. And Ham was the dad of Cush. He gave it to Cush. But obviously Cush knew that it was stolen because he also hid it. And he hid it until he decided to give it to Nimrod. So when Nimrod put it on, it says at first that he had power. And it sounds like he started off as a godman. But it seems like this this that he put on corrupted him and he went bad. But here's my theory. Just the simple act that it was stolen might have been the cause to why when Nimrod put it on, he ended up turning bad. Like it was just bad karma. Hmm. Maybe because just it was stolen. Who knows what they were planning to do with it. You know, it's just a relic, maybe like a artifact or just something that they were keeping in the family. Like you know, it's it's our, it's that's our first father. Now, why do you want to steal it? I don't know. That's pretty messed up. But who knows? Maybe that that could have been something, some kind of force. Just because it was stolen, it caused. Nimrod to get corrupted and just end up going bad. That's just a theory. Yeah. Now, now the other question I have is how come, even though it was stolen and it was known to be stolen, how come it gave people power? Like, how come they were still blessed? You know. Like, allowed to wear it. It makes me think if Adam had powers when he wore it. That would only make sense. And and what kind of powers did these people have? How did they live to be, you know, hundreds of years old? If they didn't have some kind of godly power. Also, like, are, are these uh, gods of old, these Egyptian gods that, that we know of and, and read about, are they actual gods with actual powers? Do, do, we, do we have writings uh, on the walls of these... Uh, Say again? These, do we have writings on these walls of the pyramids? Is what's on the pyramids actually true 
are all these stories of all these gods with power actually gods with power how did adam and adam's clothing how did how did his outfit give someone power is nimrod the one in the egyptian stories histories and stuff or he's just a a story told the old god nimrod but babylon god where else where did i first hear this guy Nimrod. He's in the Bible, right? Yeah. Is he that king from Babylon? You know, we'll have to get into that and find out if he's the king from Babylon. I'm not too sure right now. I'm thinking he is, but the... Well, that's a good question. The gods, the the pharaoh gods and stuff the Egyptians had. What were their names? They had like Osiris, Isis. Uh, I don't know why I want to think some kind of Nimrod or something was there. But... The yeah. only thing I've, I've seen, he was like the first kind of known mighty man. Um I don't know about the um all those other other things I, I, he's just what it says right there would you read what you read he's a, a mighty hunter to be yes I, I think you uh you got ahead of uh, ourselves there and I think there is something with the tower of Babel Tower of Babel, or whatever. Babel or Babel? Well, I think I'm saying that in Spanish. Babel. Babel. Torre de Babel, or Tower of Babel. Babel yeah, because yeah, they all spoke one language. And, of course, they would speak one language if they all came from the same family. How would they speak different languages? So that would be just an easy assumption why everybody spoke the same language. So everybody communicated. And that apparently was a problem that everybody was communicating in the same language. Well, yeah. And, well, no, no. each other. And right now, the whole world can understand each other. You got Google Translate. Yeah. So Nimrod is also, go figure, he is. In, uh, uh, a Marvel character. He's an actual Marvel. So that's yeah. He's on. He's on Marvel Comics, which would make sense. I mean, you you know most of these people that that do all these comics, they're they're not dumb. They're they're not like, oh, I'm just gonna draw. You know, they study. They get inspiration from something, from somewhere. I'm sure they've read the Bible to get different inspiration from different characters from the Bible. You know, and I say character loosely because, you know, I've, I've said this from the beginning. I think the Bible is 
a collection of stories that inspired people to be better or to live better or to do something different with their lives versus just doing it the same as the one before them. Somebody had to put it down in writing so they could learn and do something different when they came to a situation like that. So being a character, there you got Nimrod. Nowadays, you you say Nimrod, somebody thinks you're insulting them. Now, how is that an insult when this guy is probably the most powerful known to be a uh, a mighty hunter described in religion as being somebody with a, some kind of power? Was he a giant? What, what made him so strong? According to the book of Jasher, wearing his great-great-grandpa's clothes. Was it a loin? Did you also notice he says that he made for Adam and his wife? Right. So it was like some of it, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what he wore his grandparents' clothing, not his grandpa's. He wore them. What, what did they make out of it? Says they. You know, I think they were made out of some kind of leather or something, but it was made by God or something. But um, it yeah. says it only stole Adam, so maybe they didn't steal Eve's, and they kept Eve's. I wonder if this is huh? one of the relics in the Vatican. Ah. Hmm. I wonder if they have well, those garments. Well, remember, these people kept it. They kept it in the family. They knew it was something from the very beginning. And then this guy put it on and it gave him power. So if at some point he dies, they had to have keep, kept it. At this point, they know relics. They know things that have power, that have meaning already. As being the first people on earth, they already know there's something significant behind it. Nowadays, everybody does it. You have uh, all these shows like uh, Antiques Roadshow and, and that kind of stuff where people know their significance behind these items and therefore they hold them dear to their heart and close to their family and they pass it on <laughs> because even then they knew it meant something. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's crazy. I mean, they all grew up knowing you know, about God, probably, and for some reason, I mean, honestly, if I was to try to put stories in between the lines of all this, it seems like um, who's the one that stole it first? Ham, Ham. Maybe they were the the traviesos, like the bad ones. And then Ham, he probably had Kush. And Kush, you know, the apple pie probably didn't fall too far from the tree. Kush was probably a, a bad boy, too, you know, um, not one of the best ones. And maybe Nimrod ended up the third generation of some spoiled brats. Maybe they were rich. Maybe they were acting like, you know, their nose real high around all the other people, like 
Yeah, man, I'm I'm the straight direct son of Noah. Watch out. They're like, yeah, that's my my son. And everybody else was not full blood or something or mixed or something like that. And they were just acting like goody two shoes or something like that. And by the time he got it, he was already a goody two shoes. What little decency he may have had left, he lost it when he got all that power in his head. So, so he 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 got power in his head, but now, if we're if we're looking at the story right now as in only the Nimrod story, we're we're gonna see this guy at some point. He ended up with it. He puts it on. He has powers. Now, was he the first one to realize that if you wear this? You have some kind of power. Well, yeah, we can put more in between. What if Ham tried it on? But what if Ham didn't have the balls to just put it on because he stole it? What if they waited a few generations and popped out with it, like maybe dressed it up and maybe made it seem like it wasn't the same? Maybe they changed the look of it and said, you know, oh, that could have happened. That that is very very possible, because it was a garment made from right, made made well it was all it says it was God made for Adam and his wife. Now I'm just thinking it was made of leather. Right, I don't know if I read that or something. I think it was something like that. You'd have to go back and find that that actual verse, but. Regardless, it was still a garment that was made by a god, you know. And you, is this where some of the first stories come from? All these different characters, all these different movies that we see, something that's forged by another being that gives somebody (laughs) some kind of power. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. See, it's crazy how. The book of Jasher is said to not be from the Bible. But as the deeper we go into this, the more similarities and more things we find that like, hey, so what about this movie that they made? Seems similar to this. Like, but yeah, God's forging stuff. Or something to wear. Or God giving him that, what is it, a little dagger or something in that, in that latest movie and he says he don't want to use it. Then he ends up using it. Yeah. Something like that, but yeah, it's similar, but they just, instead of a garment, it was a weapon. Just change it up, you know? They take the idea, but just get a little more creative with it. And they throw the truth out there, right in your face. And they take away Jasher and say, this is fake, this is made up, somebody else just took the Bible and decided to make their own story. But then they're using it everywhere. And you see relations of this everywhere. So now all these, that's that's why I'm saying the comic book uh, artists and um, all these movies and stories and, and 
characters that are being made up. They're not necessarily made up and pulled out of the blue. Some kids do have an imagination. They grow up and become comic book makers. And they make these amazing stories. But is it really them or is it an inspiration of many thoughts put together? I mean, some people just have that insight. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's being put together. It's being given to them. They have the knowledge for a reason. Or did they just read a few stories and then put something together? Or is is it just some kind of divine intervention? You know, like uh, half of the things that we've experienced in, in, in life. Uh, you have uh, Einstein. You know, he supposedly just uh, would stay awake for days and only sleep so many hours a week. And that entire other time, he'd be in, in a daze and kind of a hallucination and he would come up with things. Is this, is this some kind of a meditation that people are going through and then coming up with these characters? Or is it just um, history repeating itself? It is. In this chapter, though the first few verses, they go through the timeline, the end of the chapter gets very intense because you, you see Nimrod, who seems to be really just a descendant of Noah all of a sudden is given this garment that's supposed to belong to Adam and it gives him some sort of strength. And at first he still seems to be godly. <clears throat> and then it starts turning. The, the last time I can read the last verse that it, it seems like he's still godly. Verse 43 and they found a large valley opposite to the east and they built him a large and extensive city and Nimrod called the name of the city that he built Shinar for the Lord had vehemently shaken his enemies and destroyed them so there must have been a really big battle and then he built this city and things may have calmed down and this very large extensive city I think is where it all went downhill well he was still being blessed by God right because according to this God blessed him Yeah, God gave him the strength to conquer an enemy and they made it uh, a city after him named it after him and he's still in a position to where he's still Godly, he still has this power. I don't know if he's changed his clothes. Maybe it's a pair of underwear. I don't know what he's got on, but apparently he's still got it on. And that's kind of gross if you think about it, but it's whatever. That's that's neither here or there. But he's he's got it on, and he's still powerful. What is this garment he's got on, and regardless if it's giving him power or not, what is he wearing? And when does he take it off? And do they? How do they know it gives him power? It's just kind of like a little later on in in the Bible. I don't know if it's in the Book of Yeshua, but you ha- you touch into Samson. 
and the strength he's got. His hair, his hair, it gives him power. So there's the the first one we touch on is this one that puts on a garment, something, a cape. I don't know what he's got on. I'm going with a cape. I'm going with a cape because you see a cape throughout all sorts of different characters, uh, some kind of superhero. The ones that have a cape, they have some kind of a power. So maybe it's just a cape transform. So he wears it on. So he looks godly. I I I could say you would you would say like godly presence. He's got a cape. Who wears a cape? Maybe this guy wears a cape. Maybe that's what gives him his power. Maybe he had it on and had it on under. Maybe he had some clothes on over. Or yeah, maybe they hid it in a cape. Maybe it was hidden. Maybe that's why nobody knew what he had on. Like, nobody in his family was like, hey, what are you doing with Adam's stuff? Doesn't seem like anybody yeah. caught on or something. Yeah, so they didn't catch on. So it was transformed. It was probably unstitched and, and remade into something inconspicuous that it would be, you know, whatever. This guy wears his blankie all the time and. He always carries it. Now he turned it into a cape. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's why I'm saying there's more that happened in between, and that's probably yeah, like you're saying, where they get the creativity. This, like, what's that movie, Gladiator? Yeah, I can see things like that happening. In, in... A, a loincloth? <laughs> Was it a loincloth? Is that is that where Tarzan comes in? A, a hunter? That would know. be easy to wear under everything. Yeah, underwear. Yeah, that would be easy to just throw on some, uh, another layer right on top of it, and nobody would know you even have it on, and nobody would even know that you took it off, and you just take it off and put it in a secret place, and then you just put it back on. Nobody knew you have it. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> At first, I think that's why it started off all good. Maybe it was to the point where maybe God found out. Like, wait a minute. You have Adam's stuff on? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the only reason I say that is because that's what happened to Cain. It seems like God didn't know what happened until... Uh, his Abel's blood was spilled. That was so. That would have to have been after whatever happened to him happened. But now, but now you're saying that uh, that God, where everyone knows and everyone believes and everyone understands in their life, that God is omnipresent and omnipotent and all that kind of stuff, all powerful all-knowing, and he's everywhere and anywhere at any given time. So he would know everything that's going on at all times, no matter what is going on at any place. I have heard him ask questions in the Bible, have you not? Yeah. Well, an all-knowing person wouldn't ask questions. 
I don't Unless... get being damned and stuff for that by everybody, but it's just a question. But then there's also those other uh, spots where we saw. I saw what you did to your brother. His blood cries out to me. He says, I hear I think he says, what's oh, going what on. Did to well, we'll touch back on that one. You want me to find it right now? Or is... Let me see. Where, he kills, where Cain kills Abel? Because that's a that's another point right there. Like, yes, I, I've heard in many places where God is asking questions. I found he wants to know what's going on. Is he asking, like, rhetorically, "Hey, what'd you do?" I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying, what'd you do? See if you would tell me the truth. I already saw what you did. Here's what it says. And the Lord knew that Cain had done to his brother what, what Cain had done to his brother. And the Lord appeared to Cain and said unto him, Where is Abel thy brother that was with thee? And Cain dissembled and said, I do not know, am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said unto him, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground where thou hast slain them. For thou hast slain thy brother and hast dissembled before me, and didst imagine in thy heart that I saw thee not, nor knew all thy actions. But thou didst this thing, and didst slay thy brother for not, and because he spoke rightly to thee. And now, therefore, cursed be thou from the ground which opened its mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand, and wherein thou didst bury him. And it shall be when thou shalt till it, it shall no more give thee its strength, and it is in the beginning for thorns and thistles shall the ground produce, and thou shalt be moving and wandering in the earth until the day of thy death. So that's all that he had told him. So he says, And didst imagine in thy heart that I saw thee not, nor knew all thy actions. So there goes that when he's asking these questions according to what we're reading, is that he does ask a lot of questions, but they're all rhetorical questions. Like, hey, what'd you do? Go on, tell me. I know what you did. I just want to see what you can tell me. Oh, now you're lying to me. Okay, you know what? Well, here's the deal. I already know what you did. You're saying this, but this is what happens. Not only do I know, but I know because this is what's going on. I see everything. I saw everything. But you're lying to me. You know what? Just for lying to me, this is what's going to happen for the rest of your life. You had an opportunity. You could have came clean. It's kind of what happens now in modern times. Hey, what'd you do? I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything? All right. What's this on camera? Watch this video with me. Tell me what's going on in this video. Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, you know what? Just for lying to me, this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah, okay. Oh, my bad. So Because it's does. human nature. So he probably just does know. But we just pay attention what he's asking every time he's asking. But you know what? The ones that are asking and don't know, it's probably not the same one. Very true. Not not saying that every person that asked that question. Because it's, it's like, hey, I want to ask you questions to make you think I know what you did. So hopefully you confess. Yeah, he 
he's investigating crime. <sighs> Trying to get a confession out of you. I see. Exactly. If there's evidence there, then okay. If there's no evidence there, then why are you opening your mouth? <laughs> you know, he, he he did he did right. Cain did right, because that is human nature. Human nature is to just be that way, automatically, self-preservation. I didn't do anything. To prove it. Oh damn it! You proved it. Okay, cool. You got me. But that's basically what it boils down to. And and then you go into the future, generations later, and then you have this one over here. Like, hey, this gives me power. I ain't going to tell nobody about this. My parents are, are long gone, you know, and now this is what was inherited to me. And I'm going to use these powers. For my own benefit, maybe for the benefit of everybody else, but eventually, it, it, you, like you're saying, he ended up getting corrupted, and he ended up using those powers for for himself, and that is where you have the choice to do right or wrong. Those that chose right, those that chose to do things for the better of everyone else around them, Enoch. And Noah and all these different uh, people that we've talked about. They all did it for everyone else. And they all were blessed. So, there's where, where you had that choice with Eve. Are you going to do the right thing? Or are you going to just do whatever the, whatever you want to do? Are you going to do whatever you want? Well, because you wanted to do whatever you wanted to do and not do the right thing. Therefore, now, you're punished. And that's how it seems to be every single time. From what we've read so far, every time you decide to do the wrong thing, you get punished for it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you just... Went crazy. He started making his own gods, and he out of wood. To that. Because at at this point, I think where we're getting at is okay. Where did I get this power from? You know, I'll just make it up. No one can see the god that's giving me power. He's not around. So let's just give these people something to talk about. Something to look at. And there come the idols. There come the statues. So this is just quickly dives into he gets power and gets a city and goes bad. But then all of a sudden, Abram comes up at, right at the end of the chapter. Yeah. I think it's uh it's very interesting how it's like your uh, your lineage and then you go into like this guy and obviously he's got powers and then he's he's starting to go corrupt and then hold on. 
God bless him. So we gave him a city. Oh, we're all over the place. And this is like, okay, we're getting to this guy. And now he's got powers and now he's conquering. And then he's get a city built in his honor because he's blessed. Yeah. Be- because he has something that's making him better and powerful, more powerful than everyone else around him. So far. And this, you want to see what happens in chapter 8? We can see what Abram and all of them do. It's Ab- Abram? Abraham? Not, not, not Abraham yet. We're Ab- Ab- yeah, Abram? the shorter Abram. Not Abraham. No, no, H. No, H. No, Abram. Abram. Okay. Abram. Okay. Now I'm going to read chapter 8, verse 1. And it was in the night that Abram was born that all the servants of Terah and all the wise men of Nimrod and his conjurers came and ate and drank in the house of Terah, and they rejoiced with him on that night. And when all the wise men and conjurers went out from the house of Terah, they lifted up their eyes towards heaven that night to look at the stars. And they saw, and behold, one very large star came from the east and ran in the heavens. And he swallowed up the four other, the four stars from the four sides of the heavens. And all the wise men of the king and his conjurers were astonished at the sight, and the sages understood this matter, and they knew its import. And they said to each other, This only betokens the child that has been born to Terah this night, who will grow up and be fruitful and multiply and possess all the earth, he and his children forever, and he and his seed will slay great kings and inherit their lands. So he was a star being born, devouring the four other stars, I guess. Verse 5. Right. And the wise men and conjurers went home that night. In the morning, all these wise men and conjurers rose up early and assembled in an appointed house. And they spoke and said to each other, Behold, the sight that we saw last night is hidden from the king. It has not been made known to him. And should this thing get known to the king in the latter days, he will say to us, Why have you concealed this matter from me? And then we shall all suffer death. Therefore, now let us go and tell the king the sight which we saw, and the interpretation thereof, and we shall then remain clear. And they did so, and they all went to the king and bowed down to him to the ground, and they said, May the king live, may the king live. We heard that a son was born to Terah, the son of Nahor, the prince of thy host. And we yesternight came to his house, and we ate and drank and rejoiced with him that night. And when thy servants went out from the house of Terah, to go out to the respective homes to abide there for the night, we lifted up our eyes to the heaven, and we saw the great star coming from the east. And the same star ran with great speed and swallowed up four great stars from the four sides of the heavens. And thy servants were astonished at the sight which we saw, and we were greatly terrified, and we made our judgment upon the sight, and knew by our wisdom the proper interpretation thereof that this turning page thing applies to the child that is born to Terah who will grow up and multiply greatly and become powerful and kill all the kings of the earth and inherit all their lands and he and his seed forever and now our lord and king behold we have truly acquainted thee with what we have seen concerning this child if it seemeth good to the king to give his father value for this child we will slay him before he shall grow up and increase in the land and his evil increase against us, that we and our children perish through evil. And the king heard their words and their 
and they seemed good in his sight, and he sent and called for Terah, and Terah came before the king. And the king said to Terah, I have been told that a son was yesternight born to thee. He just had a kid yesternight. And after this manner was observed in the heavens at his birth. And now, therefore, give me the child that we may slay him before his evil springs up against us. And I will give thee for his value thy house full of silver and gold. And Terah answered the king and said to him, My lord and king, I have heard thy words, and thy servant shall do all that his king desireth. But my lord and king, I will tell thee what happened to me yesternight, night, that I may see what advice the king will give his servant, and then I will answer the king upon what he just has spoken. And the king said, Speak. And Terah said to the king, Aon, son of Morad, came to me yesternight, night, saying, Give unto me the great and beautiful horse that the king gave thee, and I will give thee silver and gold and straw and provender for its value. And I said to him, Wait till I see the king concerning thy words, and behold, whatever the king saith, that I will do. And now, my lord and king, behold, I have made this thing known to thee, and the advice which my king will give unto his servant, that will I follow. And the king heard the words of Terah, and his anger was kindled, and he considered him in the light of a fool. And the king answered Terah, and he said to him, Art thou so silly, ignorant, or deficient in understanding to do this thing, to give thy beautiful horse for silver and gold, or even for straw or provender? Art thou so short of silver and gold that thou shouldst do this thing, because thou canst not obtain straw or provender to feed thy horse. And what is silver and gold to thee, or straw and provender, that thou should give away that fine horse which I gave thee, like which there is none to be had on the whole earth? And the king left off speaking, and Terah answered the king, saying, Like unto this has the king spoken to his servant. I beseech thee, my lord and king, what is this which thou didst say unto me, saying, Give thy son that we may slay him, and we will give thee silver and gold for his value. What shall I do with the silver and gold after the death of my son? Who shall inherit me? Surely then at my death the silver and gold will return to my king who gave it. And when the king heard the words of Terah and the parable which he brought concerning the king, it grieved him greatly, and he was vexed at this thing, and his anger burned within him. And Terah saw that the anger of the king was kindled against him, and he answered the king, saying, All that I have is in the king's power. Whatever the king desireth to do to his servant, that let him do. Yea, even my son, he is in the king's power, without value and exchange, he and his two brothers that are older than he. And the king said to Terah, No, but I will purchase thy younger son for a price. And Terah answered the king, saying, I beseech thee, my lord and king, to let thy servant speak a word before thee, and let the king hear the word of his servant. And Terah said, Let my king give me three days, time till I consider this matter within myself, and consult with my family concerning the words of my king. And he pressed the king greatly to agree to this. And the king hearkened to Terah, and he did so. And he gave him three days' time. And Terah went out from the king's presence, and he came home to his family, and spoke to them all the words of the king. And the people were greatly afraid. And it was in the third day that the king sent to Terah, saying, Send me thy son for a price, as I spoke to thee. And shouldst thou not do this, I will send and slay all thou hast in thy house. 
so that thou shalt not even have a dog remaining. And Terah hastened, as the thing was urgent from the king, and he took a child from one of his servants, which has handmade, which his handmaid had borne to him that day. And Terah brought the child to the king and received value for him. And the Lord was with Terah in this matter, that Nimrod might not cause Abraham's death. And the king took the child from Terah, and with all his might dashed his head to the ground, for he thought it had been Abraham. And this was concealed from him from that day. And it was forgotten by the king, as it was the will of providence not to suffer Abraham's death. And Terah took Abram, his son, secretly together with his mother and nurse, and he concealed them in a cave, and he brought them their provisions monthly. And the Lord was with Abram in the cave, and he grew up. And Abram was in the cave ten years. And the king and his princes, soothsayers and sages, thought that the king had killed Abram. End of chapter 8. There's a lot of stuff going on during those days that... It, it, it's kind of you see a lot of that now. This guy had his uh, servants and conjurers, conjurers, <laughs> you know. So he he's got these people that that uh, even later on you have people that that perform magic, perform rituals, perform some kind of godly ritual to where it's almost like they have some kind of a, um, some kind of power given to them where they can manipulate something, I would say. Um, <clears throat> they're, they're, they're looking at, hey, look, this star came out. This star came out and it devoured these other three stars or, or, or whatnot, you know? Whatever they saw, they assumed one thing. Con if he had conjurers, why did he need people that could conjure and make things happen? Did, what, did he have not? Did, did, didn't he have a power? And even with these powers, he still needs people that perform magic, conjure stuff. So was it all a front, or certain powers? Hmm. Well, let's go into a presidency, right? Can we go into that and be like, is uh, is this guy just the face? And you have all these people behind him making things happen? Huh. We have him elected already? Yeah, they already know who they want for president. Because they can manipula manipulate from the background. It doesn't matter who's in there. Because they have people manipulating things in the background it seems like it's something that's been going on for millennia and uh, there's a there's a story okay so we'll go into um again movies and that kind of stuff i see something like this in that movie 10,000 bc where stars come out and and they follow the stars and and because of these stars now they have a a sign from the stars or they have people that, that can make magic people that can turn a staff into a snake. That's going to swallow other 
conjurers, snakes, and you know that's another thing with Moses right there. He was conjuring uh, spells. He was conjuring magic. Um, Moses was conjuring magic. There's, it's like it's throughout. But then when people do it nowadays, it's it's evil. It's Satan's work. Yeah. But apparently, it was God's work back then, right? Yes, apparently. And uh, you know, it's funny you bring up Moses. I I kind of think this is similar to Moses, except a little more extreme. And the king, which is Nimrod, did think he had gotten the baby. He was they fooled him, and it says that got the baby and smashed it. Now, the only way they could fool him is if they had another baby. So that means he killed this baby, smashed it. Says he smashed it. So now Nimrod went crazy. He with all his might dashed his head to the ground. So he got the baby and with all his might smashed the baby. So he was that mad about the prophecy or whatever so they got this child and went and hit him. Just like they did with Moses. They got him and sent him off in the river to get captured by somebody else and so he wouldn't die. But Moses wasn't the only one, you know, and then you have this baby during Nimrod's time. Then you have another baby during Moses time. Then you have another one during Jesus time. It's like, once again, time and history repeats itself over and over. For some reason, for some odd reason. For some odd reason, exactly, because every single time you look at anything in history and you look back, it seems, and it's been said time and time again, that history repeats itself. From the beginning of time, from the first written scriptures, history repeats itself over and over. Why is that? Why is it a repetition of, of, of things? Then it, it goes into the matrix and and that kind of stuff, how things just continually repeat themselves in different forms, but basically the exact same story. Like the movie we were talking about, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, you said? Edge of Tomorrow. There's there's another one right there, Edge of Tomorrow. And, I mean, do it's not it's not about waking up. It's not about like, hey, people, wake up. There's something going on. Like, no. Pay attention to what's going on. Why are things repeating themselves over and over and over? Is there a glitch? Is there something wrong? Do we have to repeat ourselves over to try to come up with a different outcome? The the definition of, of madness is doing this or, or, or yeah, madness is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting the same results at the end of it. You want to know why I think we repeat? everything over and over why because time passes and things get forgotten 
and things get twisted around and things get retaught. Like, if all this is true, it's getting taught to everybody that it's just not true. I mean, how many people don't believe in the Bible, don't think it's true, don't think that what actually happened in the Bibles never really happened in real life? And then some people think, yeah, it's, it's real. Well, we just forget everything. And we have to get retaught. And when we get retaught, we're not taught the ways that we're supposed to be getting taught. Like, if you go to school nowadays, what do they teach you in school? That's what we know about Earth. Everything we're we supposed to know, we're not getting taught. And all this shit that we probably don't need to know is what we're living off of. What we're worshipping without even knowing. Like, yeah, we're just <clears throat> doomed to repeat it. Just because... We're unaware of it, I guess. You know, I, I think a, a lot of things go on about, like, we're taught what we're supposed to get taught. We learn what we're told to learn. I remember um, um, in school, not, 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 my, not our school, not when we grew up, not the schools we went to when the teachers had to get, had, had to have a decent education. You got places out there where teachers aren't having the education. They're just filling in because they need a body to fill in. Just like cops on the street. They're not trained the greatest, but they're just filling in a seat because there's a void right there. Somebody needs to step up. Somebody needs to do the job. Are they being taught what they're supposed to be taught? Are pastors and preachers teaching what they're supposed to teach? Or are they teaching what they think in their indoctrination and what they feel needs to be taught to the masses? I remember walking into a classroom. In the classroom, on the board was all these different little things. And what's going to be taught? On the wall was the agenda. Now, I'm not going to put anyone or any teacher or any adult on blast or anything like that. But when you step into the classroom where one of your kids is going into the classroom and they're going to be learning. Then you look at something like agenda. Yes, agenda sounds like it should be spelled one way, but it's spelled a different way. Now, I know agenda, it's spelled a G E N D A, right? With the G. Mm -hmm. But remember, this is where you're taking your kid to school. And when you look up on the board and agenda is spelled with a J instead of a G, you're like, holy geez, are you serious? This is where I'm dropping off the kid so he can learn? That's scary. They have spelled with a J? Yeah. <laughs> I had to walk out. I was like, no way. That's, that's with a J. But 
you know, it's whatever. It's just taut enough so they can maybe push on the agenda that I have. What I want you to teach, you're stupid enough to teach them. So I'm going to give you the job to teach because you're good enough. You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. Are, are, are the teachers good enough or right for the job? Are cops good enough or right for the job? Are presidents good enough or right for the job? How many positions throughout history in recent times right now, today, are people put in those positions because it's good enough or right? Well, Nimrod doesn't seem like he was qualified. Seems like he just got lucky. But he was good enough. Well, not the right one for the position. With the right stuff on. Hmm. He had to have something, an outer layer, something that was fake, something that was not true to him, natural to him. He put it on to enhance himself. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the one from back then, he was the Iron Man from back then. He wasn't an Iron Man unless he had a suit on him. Other than that, he was just an ordinary dude. Now, I wonder if it was Noah's intention to ever give it to somebody or or what? Like, how did he end up holding it for it? Keep it for. Yeah, why did he keep it? Like the, the the shroud, the shroud of uh, um, uh, I forget the name of it. The the one that has supposedly the body of Jesus burned into the 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 cloth, the shroud of whatever I can't remember the name of it. Whatever he was wrapped in. Yeah, it, what, is it just a relic? Is it something like I was saying before? Is it something where people? Are just like, hey, there's history here. I'm going to keep it so I can pass it on. Not so it could be stolen. <laughs> yeah. Just to pass it on. I think that could be, could be why he kept it. Just keeping uh, records. I think that's what it was. And then somebody touched it, put it on them, and we're like, oh, I feel different. I need to steal this for me. I need to pass this on to my family. So it doesn't get passed to anyone else. I'm going to be greedy. I want this for me. He kind of, I guess you could say, ensured that they were the top bloodline. <laughs> I think I think Noah knew there was something there. Nowhere before this does it say that Noah knew there was a garment from his ancestor, Adam and Eve's garments that God made for Adam and Eve. Nowhere does it say this before. Nowhere does it say that he made sure he had this specific thing with him before he entered the ark. This is later. This is later on. 
where now it, oh, I'm going to touch on to this real quick because now it comes into play. Now it comes into play that there's power in this cloth because it was something that was forged by a god. You know what I'm what I'm noticing from this book is whoever wrote this was sure cramming a lot of information. Like only the PowerPoints were written down. Well, is he is he cramming a lot of information? Or is the, the Bible already out? And he's just filling in the gaps. Could be filling in the gaps too. Like, for example, saying little clear who the serpent was and telling the story of how Nimrod got into power instead of just in the Bible it just jumps to things like things are just going you know like mm-hmm. all of a sudden Adam and Eve and then there's a flood and it just goes real quick into things and it talks about giants for like what one verse and there was giants in those days okay moving on that quick yeah like why aren't we touching more on those this is kind of important you know how are the giants where did the giants come from are they just there which lineage where uh, okay so we have this entire family tree we have all these people that lead up to Nimrod well there's 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 a little bit more where okay where's the lineage when and how do these giants get created are we not touching on this because this is this is a whole nother area because yes maybe there is a half breed between fallen angels and humans because they want to corrupt the human race to show like hey these guys have free will if they didn't have free will they would know hey I should not be breeding with this right here because I am made in his image I am his making to look like him. You, you don't look like him. You are something different. And now you're going to crossbreed with me. Why? Because you want to taint the bloodline? It's already too late. They already have free will. They're already doing it. So now we're, they're making these half-breeds of some kind of fallen angel with the human race. You know, that's, that, that's a thought. Not saying that's what it is, but why couldn't it be? That's all I was left to do. That was the last thing they can do to offend the Lord. Yeah. And why can't it be? Because we have already people that can make magic. They can conjure. 
things. They can make things happen. Why can't there be more than that? There's been people doing magic forever. There's there's people that can make things happen with their hands, with the powers that they have inside them. I was watching that one show with uh, Stan Lee. Stan Lee's uh, Superhumans. Um, they have people that can do things that you wouldn't even, you couldn't even imagine. Like, how is this guy producing such intense heat with just his hands? How is this guy falling from such a height that would kill a normal man? And he's just landing and then getting right back up like it's no big deal. How how are all these people may, doing these things that just seem like borderline superhuman? Yes. Well, <clears throat> Nimrod is the first one to be using powers that they tell us, but then again, Adam could have had powers. Because that was his garments. He just maybe never used them, so it was not needed to be mentioned or never did anything or just lived his life normal, I guess. I don't know. Because he was made from it. Because he was born with it. Because it meant nothing to him. It was just his normal existence. But when somebody else that was a mere mortal compared to somebody that was made from the hands of an ultimate being. His existence, him being who he was, was just him being who he was. So that would make sense. That would make sense that he didn't feel any different. He didn't feel any extra powers. He just was. He was created from the That's earth. true. He could have been wearing the same clothes every day and just thought it was normal to him. Yeah. It was no big deal to him. It was it was uh it was him just being normal him. And everyone else was just like this guy this guy was how, how about this? How about this right here? Think about this one. Say um, Adam and Eve were created in the image of God himself. I would not think God himself to be a, a small sized person like you or me. I would say this is a robust, intense when you think of like the strongest men on earth, someone like Adam was probably even more prominent, more dominant than he would be. So what if Adam and Eve, before they were cast from the Garden of Eden, made more of themselves? Maybe these were more of the giants. Maybe these were more of a of pure line. And then they were cast out and their powers went. And then when they're cast out, their their dominant posture maybe 
left them also. So they became smaller humanoid type thing. But the garments were still with them. And they continued to reproduce. You have one line of people. Now they're all cast out. Well, you already have big humanoids that Adam and Eve made. A whole line. But when they were cast out, maybe that posture diminished. And they created a whole nother breed of humans. Maybe. That's a, that would be kind of crazy. That's a possibility that they cloned themselves, but I guess God said go and multiply. Um, I guess they would have just said, well, we're multiplying, right? That would that that's an interesting concept, anyways. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm reading this uh, on anywhere, any any form or any platform. I'm just literally just throwing this out top of my we head. Know it was just already thought. happening before Noah. The question is, when did they, when were they able to bring back that technology? And you know, in this chapter. Yeah, because obviously they've been cloning, cloning before this. Obviously, there's some kind of technology of cloning because Adam was a clone. Eve was a clone. There is cloning technology before this. Did they bring it back? Did somebody come down and give humans the, uh, the knowledge to clone? Would you go to this whole... Um, Theorists and, and people that sit there and, and think they've gone to college and, and done all these crazy things and have these TV shows and, and whatnot. Did they have the knowledge? Are these pyramids ships or are these huge platforms landing sites for all these ships because they were coming and sharing knowledge? Again, other fallen angels from other planets, from other civilizations that were created. Because I'm not going to say that this was the only civilization. This is the only place that life was made. Again, that would be naive. Right? Nimrod's conjurers are conjuring something. They're conjuring something. Nimrod has some kind of power. Did they draw his blood while he had power? While there was power coursing through his veins? And cloned from that? So, the stars told them that Abraham was going to do something great, rule the world or something, according to what some people said. <clears throat> so, it's just the King Nimrod wants to get rid of this baby. Apparently, he's done stuff like this because he's just smashed a baby like nothing but then again he was a what a warrior uh, ultimate hunter the ultimate hunter so he probably hunted everything everyone anything anyone he's the ultimate hunter um they trick him 
and he actually thinks he kills Abraham. But Abraham, check this, goes to live in the cave. And he lives in the cave. Goes to live in the caves. Weren't Neanderthals cavemen? Weren't they supposed to be a lot smarter than people give them credit for? Yes. And uh, everyone thought he had killed the baby that was prophesied. So everyone knew. The I guess a lot of people may have seen that, you know, one star eating four stars. That would be crazy to see. And, yeah, ten years in the caves. And she had taken the money, too, if, if you recall. She had taken the money that Nimrod was giving her for... Um, Abraham. Her to give up the yes, baby. Yes, but the only reason she took the money, I think, is because she obviously had a plan. She took that, and that's probably what she paid everybody to have Abraham grow up in the caves for 10 years. That's how she was able to afford. So Nimrod wasn't that smart. <laughs> no, he was just a dumb ultimate... Alpha male hunter, the ultimate being Ego of the time. Artistic. Mm, right there. Ego. He got power in his head. So these ancient civilizations that they've they've found where they have like entire cities in caves up in the mountains, little cave dwellings everywhere. This had to be where this guy, Abram, was raised in darkness in these caves. Because it's not like it was just a cave. When they say cave, it's because it's already an established place. They've already had this going on for probably hundreds of years. You're talking about some hot places on Earth. Now, is this this is after the flood? So we're we're looking at a whole lot more water than there was before that. We're looking at possibly you know other civilizations that have been just drowned and, and washed away and are buried underwater. So all these civilizations that you see now, you know, you have all these. You see that all the time. These these ancient places out there that just were entire cities made of made from caves so it's not like it's a um a new concept to go in caves i think it's a it's an ongoing thing still dangerous in caves dangerous in caves it's still dangerous in caves yeah some people never come out of caves. No. Giants supposedly live in caves. 
That's crazy. Supposedly, that's where these giants are found in caves that have never been explored. Half of Afghanistan is caves. There's still people that live in caves. Yeah, so they probably just build down there. Oh, yeah. There's an entire cathedral inside of a cave. It's just, this is just, just a, a slight touch on the possibilities. It's not even just, just a probability, you know, it, it's probably what's happening. Probably. Don't know for sure. It says he lived there for 10 years and then came out. Now, I wonder, does that mean never did he come out? In those 10 years? Or is that just figure of speech or they just say that? Or Well, uh, you ever seen the City of Embers? The City of Numbers? Embers. Embers no. So it's kind of like a kid movie. It's not really like like all that crazy, but it, it, it talks about like a, a different future where um, the the earth was being like, I don't know, probably radiation, probably like nuclear blast. And these people go underground, like miles underground and they have an entire city lit up by ember lights. And eventually they crawl out of there and come out to the earth. But there's entire generations underground where they've never seen the light of day. Because as far as they know, there's radiation on the surface of the earth. Gorge, you uh, go toward the end of the movie, there's radiation on earth, but it's still providing life or sustaining life because all these insects are like massively radiation type movies where like the the bugs are like a hundred times bigger but that's just you know a concept but they were down there for decades because they were underneath they were able to grow plants and grow food water all that kind of stuff you look at the uh, ancient uh, pyramids they had light coming through. They had enough light to, to grow stuff if they needed to. Yes, they designed the structure so light would come in just perfectly and light up everything. Yeah. Way back then. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not impossible. Some of these caves are really well lit because they were constructed to where they would just receive light from one and it would reflect off walls and so on. And it, it would be well lit inside of caves, depending on how they angled the openings to the caves. Way more engineering. Lost engineering. Yeah. Or is it? 
<laughs> or is it is a is a is the right question? But what is the answer? Well, I know tunnels get built. Tunnels are built in all kinds of ways for all kinds of purposes. Right? Transport cargo stores from store to store. Um, I'm sure there's a all, bunch of, yeah. all the tunnels hmm? under the Denver airport. Supposedly the entire Denver airport is like full of tunnels and entire city down there and all that craziness. Whether it's true, I don't know. I don't know what's down there. But, you know, they have that. You have the Nazis. Tunnels all, all over the place. Yeah. Everywhere. Tunnels. Connecting. Cities connecting by... Connected cities by tunnels. Long distances, yeah. Connecting. Like... Things you couldn't even imagine. Going at speeds with these magnetic trains that are so incredible that you can't even think about it. So you just get there faster than. And we probably travel in anything in a plane or whatever, probably faster than that. Yeah. You know, when I was a, uh, uh, I forget what grade I was in, probably fourth grade, we were at that Catholic school, uh, Sacred Heart, right? And uh, it was after our daughter passed. So I was still in that very small window to where I was still kind of a good kid, kind of. Well, I remember... Uh, going and I actually took a radio that I saw at the neighbor's house. I grabbed it, brought it to the house. It looked like it was just abandoned behind a shed and kind of beat up. I took that entire thing apart because I wanted to know what that radio uh, was inside, all, all the internal guts. When I took it all apart, I found that I could make myself a tiny little car. I It was like Legos back then for, for me. I, I redesigned a couple of little levers here and there. And I made myself a little car with wheels and everything. And then uh, it had two speakers. So I took the magnets off the speakers... And I attached one magnet to the back of this little car that I made out of all these little guts and pieces. And I used one magnet to just push this car around. Now, mind you, at the time, I'm like maybe 9 or 10 years old. Maybe. Maybe 10 at the most. I came back to school and I showed the teacher. I'm like, hey. Check this out. I made this. And uh, she was like, 
super impressed, right? And she planned an entire field trip for the entire class revolved around that one thing I made. And I remember it was this exhibit that they had at the Los Angeles uh, Museum of Arts or whatever. And it was all about magnets and the future of magnets. And this is back in the 80s when, you know, I don't even think they had the monorail up yet at Disneyland. Oh, yes, they did. They had the monorail up at Disneyland, which is, it's supposedly, it's ran off of magnets. And how the future, it's supposed to be magnets everywhere. One of the fastest um, trains in the world is all magnets. But this is the mind of a 10-year-old. Not even a year after his own father's death that my mind this is this is why i know that they something happened to me at that police station that they did something to my brain because how in the heck is a 10 year old that's never seen anything with magnets is creating things that's being moved by magnets and i'm just i'm my mind is expanded i think at that age whether it's true or not i don't know but it's there. It's definitely there. My mind did that at the age of like nine and a half, ten years old. Insane things. I don't know where it came from, but it happened. I think I remember that car. You remember that? It was crazy, huh? I'm pushing it around with a magnet like I was, I was like, I invented something. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. Where did it come from? Why Why was it in my head? You know, why did they have to open my mind like that? But whatever, it happened. It is what it is, and here we are. It's just, uh, it, it's crazy. The things that, that happen to, to one person or another and how it affects their life. For example, Nimrod. He had a, a cloth that was handed down to him. He puts it on. He feels different. And comes to find out that he has powers. And he knows the only thing different is this garment that he's put on. And it slowly and very gently, without him even noticing it's happening, it corrupts him. It makes him evil. He's killing kids and making it like, I don't want. I want to rule. I want to be king of all. And it's slowly making him worse because he doesn't know how to control this new. Not only does he not know how to control it, but he starts wearing it more and more and more to the point where he's hardly even taking it off and then maybe not even ever taking it off. Because he knows the difference between when it's on or off. Well, yeah, of course, because it gave him power when he had it on. So obviously he was a normal person. So if he was around people, I'm pretty sure he had it on because if he was just a normal dude, anybody could have took him out. So 
I'm pretty sure when he was in front of everyone, he always had everything he needed to have on. He was, that's what I'm saying. He probably just ended up never even taking it off. Now, did, did he not only feel it, but was there a difference? Was there a glow? Was there something about him that changed? For example, uh, um, let, let, let's go with the Hulk. The Hulk, you see him normal, and then when he's different, he's green, big, huge. Or, or uh, what's another one? Uh, well, there, there you go, Iron Man. You know, you see him normal, so he puts on his suit. Then he's a completely different person that can fight and take on gods. Is there something that happens to him when he has it off versus when he has well, it on? It was definitely like something like maybe Iron Man, where it was Tony Stark and he put the suit on and he was Iron Man. Because <sighs> it says that's how he got his powers. But then again, they put it on and get powers. Not that, because anybody would have put it on would just gotten the powers. So maybe it's just on. And that's why, like you're saying, he just didn't want to take it off. He kept it on the entire time. And it seems like we're getting into a point to where we're starting to see all this that he has that makes him who he has become. He went psycho. Starting to slowly unravel. He went crazy, man. <sighs> yeah. He's he's killing babies. He's killing babies because he's afraid of his power being taken away from this innocent little baby that doesn't even know who he is yet. Doesn't even know he exists yet because he's a baby. Prophecy. And then it happens to Moses later on. Then it happens to Jesus later on. It's a constant repetition of history over and over. But we're starting off with Nimrod and how slowly his his power, he's being consumed by a power that he has. What happens to his garments after that? Is there something there that shows that, hey, this is where it's at? Is it something that was found? Is it a relic that's being hidden by the Catholic Church right now? Is it a relic that's maybe hidden somewhere else? <laughs> and, and I don't think it was the whatever the outfit that made him corrupt. I think it was just him. Because you don't yeah, his, it was getting to his head. Yeah, it was him. That's what I'm saying. It was just. Maybe a mancreado or snotty fool or just like, you know, like I said, ham. Why would he even want to steal it in the first place? You know? It seems like the deeper we get into this, the more it gets into this entire, uh, what would you say, um, Well, basically what I'm going to say is it's getting more intense. It, it started off Adam and Eve. And yeah, there's here and there. There's this going on and, and whatnot. Now now everyone's corrupt. So there's a flood. Now everyone's back. There's a third of the, the, third of the population on Earth. Now, again, I still think 
at that point that even though it's a third of the population of Earth or the world, is it the world that they know of? Is it possible that we're still talking about one huge continent still connected by land? And we're not separated yet because we haven't had the flood yet. We've, we have one flood, but maybe that flood only wiped out so much. Then we have a second flood, and now maybe it's not so much that the continents separated. Maybe it's just that that much of the continents have flooded over. Gone underwater. <coughs> Are underwater, exactly. They're not separated by earthquakes or lava or, or whatnot. Uh, maybe, maybe Hawaii was the peak of a mountain. And now it's a land. Maybe there's another flood. Maybe this whole global warming. Eventually, the Himalayas are going to be another point of another civilization. Because we're just going to go up that high. Maybe we have a whole nother 200 feet. Maybe we need to just, instead of going up what we got here, try and going out. Sideways, maybe there's more land. Maybe there's more land. You, uh, you know Asgard, and I'm not. I'm not gonna dive into the whole flat Earth society type thing. And I'm not saying it's it's completely un on un, uh, unheard of or or not possible. But I like how in uh, the Avengers or the Marvel comics they touch on Asgard and how it's this beautiful world, but it's flat. All around. You can't go so far unless you're transported away from that. There's underneath. I I kind of I find it interesting that the uh, satellites will go around the entire globe. But when it touches into the very south of Antarctica, it's a perfect circle. Why is it a perfect circle? It, it is the Satellite only circling, and you have a dark circle in the center of Antarctica. And is this what they're talking about? Why they're saying um, Antarctica is, is whatever? It is maybe Antarctica so impenetrable because it's actually the surrounding part of Earth, but just a huge block of impassable ice. It's too cold. It's too cold. Maybe it's just the edge of the earth. Who knows? I can't say for sure one way or the other. I find interesting that flights in aircraft only only go a certain pattern. I, I get that. I'm not saying flat earth or rounded or or oval or whatever. I, I'm not going to go into that. But is there something about the ancient times to right now? Is there something going on back then and going on now that is is similar? Well, I think we will get into that. <laughs> I think we'll read something about 
anything like that in Jasher eventually. If not in Enoch. I think we're getting to it. I think it's starting to get a little crazy. I think the there's there's witches and conjurers and in godlike beings with Adam and Eve and maybe Noah and some of his descendants and now we're into Nimrod to where he has superpowers. But there's multiple beings, multiple people in the Bible that have some kind of superpower. It's not like they're normal people. They are recorded as being some kind of super being. And if they were there back then, why couldn't they be here now? Right now. Why can't there be super humans right now? That is an excellent conspiracy. And I believe this is just all about that. Boolers. Conjurers. Since then, till now, just conjuring whatever and spirits talking to them. Who knows? I mean, I'm pretty sure in the White House, they must do something, pray or something. So they're asking something for somebody, you know. Trump, yeah, I I guess he's Christian. I don't know. Um, And back then, the rulers wouldn't do nothing unless God told them or the Catholic Church. They would put whoever God appointed as a uh, one of the priests, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's, I guess you could say, evidence of that still happening throughout history. No matter how far you back, how how far back you look, I believe times were odd then, just like times are odd now. No matter what you do, odd seems to be just a very point of our very existence. No matter what you do, it's just just weird and odd. And no matter what you do or see, there's always something going on. That doesn't make sense. That does not make sense exactly. And we bang our heads on the wall to try to make sense of it. But there's no point because it's always going to go on. It's always going to be weird. It's always going to be different. It's always going to be odd. And with that, next. I believe it's chapter 9. And we will read that next week. Any last words? Any last thoughts? 
I believe uh, next week and the weeks following, it's going to get more intense. It's going to get more odd. It's going to get a little bit more. We might even have more superpowers coming out. Who knows? But it is something that I am, am waiting with anticipation. I cannot wait to get into more of what's going on back then, tied into right now. Bio Team.